the saying might go that there is if there is a will, there is a way. But you won't find a will in Cleveland unless it's Will Brennan. And everybody's favorite joke, no cash in Cleveland. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match in your first deposit. Terms, conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for detail. Currently operational over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. want to welcome everyone back to the show. Uh, for you, it's been a day. For us, it's been uh, a few. It was nice to have that little <laughs> mini break. It's the uh, the advantage of the counter-programming in the, uh, the off-season side of things with this is we were able to really kind of sit back and uh uh have a little bit of time and watch things uh kind of unwind in this postseason uh but it is nice to be back it is nice to be talking baseball justin how are you doing this evening i'm just fine there's no there's no cash coming there's no mo- cleveland has no money no cash never had that's what i'm feeling ne- right never now. never will no there they Cheap, 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 cheap. I'll just do that for 30 minutes. They won't even put any cash into their manager, if you will. No, they didn't have a choice in that one, which we we said all along. They weren't going to have a choice in spending any money on Kevin Cash because – I don't know. I, I've run out of puns. This is no, this is we're at the part of the offseason. We were we Cash, were discussing had no interest in topics. Coming. Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> let's just you know before anyone accuses us of, of something, let's just get to the point. We're not saying really that they are cheap. Um, it's just that yeah. he didn't want to leave. And why would you want to leave? I know <laughs> they keep getting bumped out of the first round of the postseason. I was so um, I, you know if you read my mock, I think I mentioned it in the last show. It's like uh, you had to move things around a bit because of not realizing the, some of the rules. Like I'm still learning with the new rules and it's like looking at what Tampa could draft and then looking at their stock miners and being like, there's no end to this play. Like Tampa's in the situation Cleveland fans wish they were, which is the idea of like, Oh, we have so many prospects and we have so many spots. Like you can trade to fill a spot, right? Like you, they're looking to fill one or two spots. Cleveland's looking to fill seven, you know, like there's a bit of a difference. That's why, like, I'll make a controversial statement. It's like, in some regards, hot take alert. Hot take alert. Listen, I am glad they signed Jose, but in some regards, it's actually kind of the last thing a team that isn't super close wants to do because it's better to get five to six potential pieces, a la the Clevenger deal. Now, I'm glad they kept Jose. The fan of me is happy, but the building wise, signing a smaller player yeah. in his 30s might not have been. Everyone loves that. Might not have been the smarter decision. But on the other side of it, like if you're a team like Tampa, like that is always a smarter decision because Cleveland has a lot of holes. Tampa has a few. And this is, again, I'm glad they signed Jose. I am glad they signed Jose. I'll say that over and over again. It is, it made me buy like six shirts because I find it's the first time I ever bought a shirt with a name on it because I felt comfortable player was staying. But they're the team that's at that step. Cleveland. Did you check with John Morosi before you bought that shirt? 
And what would Seattle trade anyways in that hypothetical deal? Like their miners has nothing close. Like their Julio Rodriguez all, or bust. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like Jared Kelnick who still had a lot of ups and downs last year and already has burned through. I'm still two. on that train. I mean I like Kelnick, but he's burned through like two to three years of a uh, team option because he's been <laughs> up and down so much. That's the one danger with the nonlinear development. Um, but again, I'm glad Jose is here. But this team in their current configuration needs like seven different things which is why i wish we had had more opportunities to see what you know jonathan rodriguez could do this year instead of cole Calhoun, or to see what you know um george valera in spite of being ineffective and hurt and just dude is made of tissue paper um you know seeing what he could do it's it that's still been the biggest problem is the young players they need them but they don't like brian i i i just did write-ups at prospect live for us on in Angel Martinez and um, Brian Rocchio, and they were the most negative write-ups ever. You probably would read them and think these guys aren't prospects, but it's like Rocchio, he was so dreadful in the big leagues. It's like, what do you do? What do you trust? Like, I mean, he was across the board bat. Like, his K rate went from under 18 to 30. Like, it, I don't know. It's They have to figure out what these guys have at some point, and that's kind of the weird situation. I got really off topic with this, but um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the Guardians have as many holes as, you, as you, you're saying personally, and we'll. I think we'll have that debate yeah. at a later time in the in the yeah. off season. Because seven is high. Seven seven is is uh, hyperbole. <laughs> it's it's me. Being yeah, th- this and this is you know, what we talked about with Zach when he was on talking about the the managers. Like this is still an attractive position for managers because there are some pieces in place with the roster. Um, and I want to <laughs> I want to make one more Kevin, Kevin Cash joke before we move on to other topics, but. Uh, if Kevin Cash really wanted to manage the Guardians' best players, he would just wait for Cleveland to trade him there, right? Because, you know, Yanni Diaz and Junior Cameron, he doesn't need to come to Cleveland to manage Cleveland's best players. He can just wait until until Tampa Bay trades Tobias Myers for Jose Ramirez. Will, will, we, right? ever, will we ever on the, <laughs> on the air address what you and I both heard as rumors on why they made that deal for Tobias Myers? Or will we just – should we hint at it and then never mention that we kind of okay. had some minor intel? There's no, like – there's no like real record of this. Like there's, there's little yeah. things that have come up. I, I, I talked about it with the, the Hillcats roster uh, broadcast on my other podcast. Go ahead um, and uh, tell them what it is. Uh, Guardians of the future. It's all, all guardians prospects, like 99% of the time, except for tomorrow's episode where things get a little bit wild. Um, <laughs> no, but like last year when, when, uh, and this is not a hundred percent of who he is. Like we, this is only little, little details that we know. Um, from the last couple of years, like this is in no way the entire truth or big picture of who he is. But like, uh, there was a benches clearing brawl in the, um, was it Charleston? I think at Charleston, who is, uh, the Yankees, uh, low A team. I can't remember who it is at this point. Uh, it's so Lynchburg was no, yeah, I'm sorry. No, Tampa, sorry. Tampa Bay is low A team. I meant Tampa Bay. I think it's no Charleston is the Yankees. Anyway, uh, whoever it is, Junior Camonero was on that on that team, and they were facing the Hillcats in the first round of the playoffs. And there was a benches clearing brawl, and Junior Camonero was kind of at the supposedly at the helm of that brawl. So, like, I think some of that played into it. I, I don't think that's the whole story, but I do think some of that. You don't you don't trade a a nineteen year old like Junior Camonero based off of like 
just like a few like they, yeah. they took on Cleo Watson, right? They just took on Cleo Watson. Maybe yeah. that was their way of of making up for the cam- trying to make up for the Camonero trade. Vaguely reminiscent of Francisco <clears throat> Mejia as well. Like it's that weird thing where uh, that's why the Cleo Watson is maybe a nice trade where they're like finally not going to just like get scared at the slightest like difference. Yeah, I don't know. Again, we don't really know these people like in person. We hear some yeah. stories, and it's not always the full picture of who they are. But yeah, he there was supposedly he was involved in a Ventures Clearing Brawl that he had a, a hand in escalating things, and yeah, that might have played into it some to that to that extent. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, it, it, he was 19 at the time. Like, yeah. you know, I'm I'm 30. I I'm was really dumb. I was the most mature person in the world. No. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah, that's that. That's part of what goes into. But yeah, so if you know Cleveland ch- chase the water, future Tampa Bay Ray because he gets the ball too hard, right? So he's sitting the crap out of the ball in Arizona, and Cleveland needs another fifth starter that's never going to make it to the majors. So that's where Kevin Cash is going to get all of his best players anyway. Hey, so or it's just why be, come to Cleveland? Kyle Manzardo is going to win the Rookie of the Year, earn him <clears> an extra draft pick, and uh, be the best rookie first baseman in the franchise's history. Uh, to to make up for all these deals, right? That's how this works out. Uh, all that luck has to teeter the other way, and Manzardo is going to turn into to mini pronk out there. You know, uh, oh, the base the ball hard the power or half the power. He, he is hitting the ball hard in Arizona. I will say, I had someone come to my Twitter feed the other day who was like, "Really, we're hyping up AFL prospects." I'm like, "Okay, first of all, if you what else follow me or listen to anything." Up. Right, but like if you listen to the podcast or if you've seen it, either of us post on Twitter, like yes, like <laughs> the AFL is comes with a serious grain of salt because of the environment and the lack of competitive yeah. pitching at times. But exit velocity is exit velocity. Like it doesn't you hit the ball hard in Arizona, hit the ball hard in Alaska. It's still a hard hit ball, and and Kyle Manzardo is hitting the ball hard. So yeah, Cleveland should be. That's a good thing. Like look at if you're watching the playoffs at all, look what's going on. Like. Teams are knocking pitchers out in the in the first three innings because they're hitting the ball over the fence. You can't you can't win playoff games when Aaron Nola or Spencer Strider makes a mistake and you hit a single. Like when those guys make mistakes, you have to hit the ball over the fence. And if Kyle Manzaro hit the ball 108 miles an hour, it doesn't matter if it's in Arizona or Cleveland because when you hit the ball 108 miles an hour, it's going to do good things. That that translates like. Exit velocity does translate. I know, you know, for years we've had like Yandy Diaz's launch angle, and that's an issue too, but that's not the case for Manzardo. But like Manzardo, I think I think the home run he hit the other day in Arizona was like 464 feet. Like that's crazy. That probably had something to do with the Arizona uh environment. But what doesn't what doesn't have any impact over there is how hard he hits the ball. So yeah. he hit the ball 108 miles an hour. And if there were any justice, yes, Kevin Cash would have been the Guardians manager to make up for the junior Camarero trade. He's not, but that we said all along that wasn't going to happen because it wasn't a situation worth leaving and Tampa Bay wasn't going to let him leave. There is news on another manager who we talked about earlier this week who is not coming to Cleveland. So we'll talk about him and uh, what that means for the Guardians coming up. You cannot... Uh, Put money on uh, not on not on sleeper. <laughs> there are probably apps you can put money on to bet on who the Guardians' next manager is. But if you want to make some really easy money, a uh, hundred times your money, in fact, use sleeper. The middle playoffs are here. You can still bet on Ronald Acuna. Uh, I would definitely bet on Jordan Alvarez next round against Rangers pitching on home runs. I almost had a good tweet tonight about Jordan Alvarez. I haven't put it out yet, but uh, pick more or less on stats for stars like that on homers, hits, strikeouts. I'm definitely going to put more. 
than a home run or two on your Alvarez and the ALCS. Um, and you can get 100 times your payout on Sleeper. If you get your picks right, you can win big. And if you use our code Locked On when you are using the Sleeper app, you're going to get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. <clears throat> something, something, listen to playoffs on your XM app. I don't know. I've run, I've run my course on that one. I mean, listen uh... to you know, we, we, we're going to, I know, talk about the Orioles. The way things are going, speaking of XM Radio, uh, we might be talking about the Dodgers uh, as they're getting ready to maybe be swept out of this one as well, aren't they? I know. That's crazy. Uh, that lineup is as good as Atlanta's in there. What's their pitching? Their offense, I mean, their offense has only scored two runs the first two games. And they currently have That's zero. True. So the, the pitching is, has been terrible. Bobby Miller got lit up. Lance Lynn got lit up. But Brandon Kershaw Pafad, got lit up. Yeah, Brandon uh, Pafad, or however you say his name. Remember Fod, we talked yeah. Pafad? It's like remember we talked about him getting absolutely destroyed <laughs> through four and a third innings. He is allowed two hits. That's it. Like he is mm-hmm. facing Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and JD Martinez and Max Muncy and Will Smith. I don't care about the rest of the lineup. That's a good lineup. Just those guys at the top, and they aren't doing crud. They are doing did absolutely not have- no work. Did not have arrows. Hey, you get to see Christian Walker play a little more. That's good. That's yeah. what we wanted. My we wanted to see him play target last offseason. I know. I know. Uh, um, but, you know, they, so, it makes sense they didn't trade him now, doesn't it? On their way to the NLCS with uh can with see why. Right. Order. At least you can see why we were interested in him. Yeah. Um, it, it, and another thing, well, I just want to point out, too, before I move on from that. Uh, Christian Walker, just point out again, is another player who was cut by multiple teams. Like, no one gets it right the first time. There's a lot of weirdness in baseball. Sometimes you got to be lucky. Sometimes it takes guys longer, and uh, hopefully Cleveland can be lucky this offseason in, in finding the next Christian Walker, the next J.D. Martinez, speaking of you know someone else in that series who was cut before he landed somewhere. Yep. Got uh, to be patient. That's what happens in baseball. Uh, so I think I joked, I sent this to you last week or a couple days ago, Bob Nightingale was saying that Will Venable was the favorite to take over for Terry Francona in Cleveland, and that was yesterday. Today, if you want to believe a John Morosi rumor. Um, so, yeah, take this with a grain of salt. But John Morosi says that Will Venable is staying with Texas and not not going to leave for a managerial opening. So, Bob, not, I don't know. This is a this is an interesting battle of who's going to get rumors wrong here because Bob Nightingale's got a great track record of just goofing stuff up. And We said it. We like, about the hose when Nightingale <laughs> said he's the favorite, we're like, mock him off the list. Yeah, we did, we did. But then but then the guy who's disputing it also said that maybe the maybe the Mariners could trade for Jose Ramirez. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll Either see. If, if Will Venable is <laughs> Yeah, it's And then you got John Smoltz uh, on TV and Adam Wainwright hitting is... baseball on the air. You got guys covering it who are talking uh getting things wrong. It, it's I it's... can't we need like Zach in a national position. I would hate to lose him, but it's like that's what we need. We need more right. We need Ina Saros, like uh, being on the announce group for these games. We need like the people oh God, yes. who are passionate and interesting and knowledgeable out there talking. That's what we need. We don't need more former player. Like I guarantee there are former players who would do it better than, than Smoltz or, or even what we've seen with Wainwright so far. It's like not to say that former players can't, I, you- like, you know, Doug Glanville was, was pretty good, I thought, in his role in limited time. But we also remember the years of the terror and horror of Joe Morgan on Sunday Night Baseball, which might have been the worst announcer in my lifetime. 
it was maybe the greatest second baseman ever, but man, the, I know I'm going to have a subset of our audience mad at me, but I thought Joe Morgan was always the worst part of Sunday Night Baseball. So yeah, I love like, John Miller for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there are good ones out there. I mean, there was like a whole bunch of people out there who were obviously retweeting Pitching, pitching Ninja, talking about the difference in sleepers. Brent Rooker is doing a good job on Twitter explaining stuff. He might as well be a retired player because he plays for Oakland, right? I know some people on social media are talking about trading for him, and I, I have different thoughts on that. We can get into it later in the offseason. So, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Will Brennan, or Will Brennan, Will Venable, maybe Will Brennan will stay the only Will in Cleveland yeah. next year. If, if I, th- I did think Will Venable had a good shot, though. Yeah. Like, I thought he is well thought of around baseball, it sounds like. People think that he is going to be a manager someday, and he's only 40, so he still has plenty of time. And he did have the relationship with Mike Chernoff, as we talked about last episode. I don't know. We'll see. The Rangers can't – he can't even interview yet, so because the Rangers are moving on to the next round, so you can't even interview him yet. So, I don't know. Maybe it's not over. I don't know. Maybe there's still a chance to interview, but it is interesting that if he takes his ring out of the hat when it sounds like – there's going to be a lot of openings this offseason, right? There is Cleveland. Uh, who, what other openings are there? there? There's a manager. I mean, Craig, I mean, Milwaukee might be having an opening. Yeah. The Mets have an opening. Boston. Boston. No, Alex Cora is staying. Oh, that's right. It's his manager. Or the GM. San Francisco's got an opening. Yes. Um, so there, there are multiple weirdly places. doesn't. In spite of their craziness, you know, they may. They, there's no guarantee there. If I, if I were Bob Melvin, I might. I mean, their roster's so good, it might be hard to leave, but it sounds like a messy place right there. This is what we always say. Like, it could be better. Look at San, San Diego's got a ridiculous tr- treasure trove of stars, and they've had a good system, and they can't get it right <clears throat> in terms of culture either. So that just tells you that how many variables go into building a good baseball team. And sometimes you have to be lucky, but you have to have the right culture. And sure, it seems like San Diego doesn't. So all good it does them to have, you know, Soto and Tatis and Machado and spend all this money on Xander Bogarts. And Can we talk about how weird that was on one level? Like, if you're going to go spend the money, why Xander Bogarts, a player on the decline who wasn't top three at his position? Like, I, that's spending money because you have money, money to spend. Yeah. It's, yeah, the money was burning not, the, burning the not, hole in the pocket of the not, owner. Not smartly spending. Um, I mean, spending money is great. Like, yeah, that's what you want. These people are billionaires. Like, let them write the checks for God's sakes. But yeah, that's the thing. That's the argument here too. in Cleveland is like, if they're going to spend money, spend it smartly. And you can argue that Cleveland doesn't spend money smartly. That's that, that is the one issue here. Like, you know, you can complain about the payroll, but when given the opportunity, Edwin Encarnacion worked out and uh, I'm trying to think of another free agent. Hey, besides so Michael, that worked uh, out. D- David DeLucci. Uh, Nick Good night. Fisher, Mike, Michael Good night. Moore. If we talk about Mike, Michael Lucci, let me tell you, uh, let me tell you, 20, 20 year old college Justin was uh, a very angry baseball fan when that the Michael Lucci platoon was, was around. I was, uh, I would not have been selected to host, co host this podcast because it would have been, I'd have been fired very quickly. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, do you think that, do you think that, um, the money would be well spent on a certain relief pitcher that pitched for the Guardians very briefly last year, Jeff. Should we discuss that in just a minute? Yeah, and, and it's on point for the month of October and Halloween. Oh, it sure is. Oh, 
you know, I, I'm never good on point with things because I'm used to our, our old BD bot music. Jace Medical, right here is my Jace case. Let me show you again if you missed it. It's a nice little play case. It's got five different types of antibiotics in there, and it's giving you the power and the ability to get life-saving antibiotics. And we had some one of our other co-hosts tell us that, uh, that their girlfriend is a nurse. You said it's actually a really good deal on these antibiotics if you're buying them separately. So you're getting a good deal on those antibiotics, and it's a way to take control. I am not sure how much you can tell that my sinus is currently a disaster zone that uh, would scare away even the likes of Michael Myers. But, it, you know, it, I, I have not. I'm, I'm waiting for it to get to the point where I'm waking up in the middle of the night in pain. And then I'm going to use my Jace case to treat it with, with antibiotics because that's the only way my sinus pressure, you know, gets better. Uh, right now, you can get $20 off life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code locked on at checkout. That's Jace Medical. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Phillies and Braves have another game to play. It looks like the uh, Dodgers and Diamondbacks may not, and the uh, the Rangers and Astros are going to meet in the ALCS. So listen to that on your serious XM app. The reliever we're talking about, of course, is Ronaldo Lopez, and some people think that uh, there's a chance Cleveland might make a run at keeping Ronaldo Lopez. I, I think I've already said on the podcast, I want to keep before I wanted to keep Ronaldo Lopez next year before I had uh, seen him pitch in person in terms of his entrance music. So I thought he was a good reliever, especially for Cleveland. Um, but the, again, the guy uses Halloween as is a uh, entrance music as a reliever. I think that's fantastic. And if you're going to get to the playoffs play in October, I would want that too. So uh, he's worth the money on that alone. But do you think that Cleveland is capable of finding a contract that is good for him and good for them? Because I think as we know, signing free agent relief pitching is not a very good venture. And we just said Cleveland, the last relief pitcher Cleveland signed, not named Brian Shaw, because you know Brian Shaw is in his own like category. I'm not going to count him here. Was Boone Logan. And boy, that was a, a great signing that I would love to forget about. I was, you know, they, here's the thing I'll say with Lopez: 29 years old, so technically, but he's he was a starter up and through age 25, so he's been in this mm-hmm. relief role only a few years. Uh, up until this year, his, his K rate was never over nine. This year, it's at 11. He does walk a few guys. He can be a little home run prone. His, you know. His FIPS have kind of been all over the place. Um, with the White Sox this year, he was really good. Or I'm sorry, last year at the White Sox, he was utterly fantastic. Um, this year, he was close to league average. I think that's why they feel like they can get him. I think he brings kind of a different look to the bullpen with his pitch mix than what they have. Uh, he can give you multi-innings in that relief role as a recent starter. And I think he is a guy, I mean, he was good for two war this year, which is very good for a reliever. I don't think he is the guy who's going to generate as much on the open market. And if they liked him here and they thought he was a good part of the chemistry of the team, I think it makes sense. I've heard good things about him in Chicago. I saw when he was traded from Chicago to L.A. and L.A. to Cleveland that he was a good dude. So it sounds like he's a pretty good teammate. Um, be interested to see if he wants to split up from Lucas Giolito, if they continue to be a, a package deal for whoever the, wants to sign them in the offseason. Well, I, I'm curious to see it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. 
Well, I was just going to make a joke. We know that they won't go back to the White Sox because the other fun media reports of the day were the White Sox only want to sign former Royals because, you know, the Royals have been so successful. Oh, that sounds good. Is that a Chris yeah, Getz thing? Is that Chris, why? Chris Getz wants to, wants to add Whit Merrifield and uh, Salvador Perez. So they're going to bring in all those old over the hill. So don't worry about the White Sox <laughs> next year is what we're saying. There's, isn't there an old saying, don't stop your enemies from making a mistake? And, is, that, is that a saying somewhere? I mean, Probably it should be. Don't I mean, stop no, the White Sox from doing that. <laughs> oh, don't don't stop the White Sox from never changing. As much as listen, I am looking forward <laughs> to new ownership in Cleveland, but I I will take Dolan every day of the week over Reinsdorf. That is one advantage we do have. Reinsdorf is is he's in that. They've got a ring over there. They do have a ring though. Uh, yeah, by two thousand five. I mean, yeah, all those pieces. Hey, that was a pretty good together. team. It was a good yeah. team, but like. They got those, a lot of those, like, you know, Jermaine Dye was kind of on a rebound contract, I want to say, at the time, and some of those other central pieces. You know, Esteban Loiza. You know, they had. They had athletic supporter King, Juan Uribe, of course. Can't forget Juan Uribe. And Mark Burley. That was that was a better team than I thought, even though I yeah. thought ninth, ninth, or the, uh, the, I mean, the really, 05 Indians yeah, were it, very it, good, too. It was a really good team, but it was also, you know, then they <laughs> quickly fell apart, as is the way with the White Sox, because – Ownership ownership has never they were one of like three teams that has never given a hundred million dollar contract. Yeah, the, the Benintendi deal. Yeah, the Benintendi deal was their their biggest yes. one. Before ever. that, it was Encarnacion. I'll be curious to see what happens with Lopez. I I do like the pitch mix. He misses enough bats, and the thing you have to continue to watch in the postseason. And, and Cleveland should know this very well. No matter who their manager is, um, I don't think I guarantee Chris Chris Anthony and Mike Chernoff are very aware because of, of 2016. Like. You do not get far in the playoffs without a good bullpen. Yes, a good rotation saves your bullpen, but yeah, I mean, you're still going to pull starters. Look at the Twins. You're there. not. Yeah, I mean, and I love Joe Ryan. I think Joe Ryan's a great starter, but man, he wasn't the same in the second half as he was in the first half. I, Things went very bad there. So you need. Well, it, it was the bullpen. He only pitched two innings. Then, you, you know, Brock Stewart was okay. Caleb Thielbar got lit up. They had to rely I know, on but they. Much. They removed Joe. I mean, they they got. I know people are going to complain about moving, moving pitchers too early and all this stuff, but like, you know, you're not going to do a lot of whole. Th- I don't. I don't care what anybody complains about. The number. The numbers are going to tell you. And yes, there needs to be some feel to this. You need to yeah. see. You need to be able to read the pit, the hitter's swings yeah. and what they're picking up on. So you need smart pitching. You need to, need a smart pitching coach. If if your plan is like there was that story from Philadelphia or this postseason about I think it was game game one Ranger Suarez right. Rob Thompson said before the game that, hey, you're only going to go about four innings. I'm going to end the bullpen, be ready to come in on command. Like, be prepared to be to be called early from the bullpen and, and be prepared that Ranger Suarez isn't going to go very long. That Sometimes that is the best plan. And, again, if Ranger Suarez is going out there and guys are just missing the ball completely and he looks totally in control, like, yeah, you can read that. And it's a decision whether you're, you're darned if you do, darned if you don't, like the Blake Snell thing. But – it doesn't matter whether you pull your starter in the, the third inning of a, of a playoff start or the sixth inning, you still need a very deep bullpen. So all that is to say, I think as far as free agent relievers go, like I, I, I can't imagine he's not getting anything less than a three-year deal because there is enough success in his past and enough good stuff there that I think he's going to demand a decent contract, but agreed. I would still be very interested in retaining him. Like I said, the Guardians have not always spent their money in the best places, and it would be a big risk, especially when you have other needs to address. But 
like I just said, you don't win in the postseason without a deep, deep bullpen. And, you know, we talked about the, the bullpen having issues this year. Like, Class A, you know, some overuse. I think some of the new rules played into that. You still, obviously, you still feel good about him. You still feel good about Henches. I still think you feel fine about Stefan. I think there are some hiccups there to figure out. But uh, outside of that, like everything, it's, it's a, there's still a lot of question marks in the bullpen anyway. And I would not be mad about Ronaldo Lopez jogging out to the Halloween theme. Yeah, I, I will say 55 times at, next year. Looking at the list, it's like, okay, so Josh Hader is obviously the name everyone knows. And then it's like Craig Kimbrell, Nick Martinez, Trevor May, Kenyon Middleton, Wandy Peralta, our, uh, Chapman, Will Smith. And then, I mean, Lopez. Nope. So that's not a great list. So he might end Oh, they should sign Will Smith. Obviously, uh, they should sign Will Smith. I'm, I'm, we're not going to talk about Will Smith on the show. Uh, I want Will, all the Will Smiths. I want the catch. No, no Will Smith discussions. Uh, the Orioles. Uh, <laughs> do we think the Orioles are going to need pitching after how things went uh, this postseason? I, I think it is something we will definitely have to revisit after they got obliterated. The other question, though, you know, I, I know you brought up pitching, is like, is there a world where they sell Santander this offseason because they've already said they can't re-sign their young talent? Yeah, you've already got an owner who has a, a front office that developed a fantastic farm system, and he's already, like, doing the, oh, enjoy them while they're here line. Like, yeah. like you're if, already if you, saying, well, we're not going to sign Gunnar Henderson or Randy Rush. We're not, I think he was making a point he was going to say they're not going to sign all of them. Yeah. But but got to love mean, the, the surprise year. Not the surprise year, but the – the Orioles system finally arrived this year, mm-hmm. and the owners are already like, well, enjoy it. Like, could you imagine Paul Dolan in 2015 when Francisco Lindor made his debut, and, and that was the year he was like, enjoy him. Like, okay, at least he waited until, I don't know, 2018 when everybody kind of realized he was not staying. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I know we don't really have the, the full time to dive into it, but it's like with that team, with, you know, the Ryan, the weirdness of Ryan O'Hearn, with, you know, Ryan Mount Moncastle, um, with Kerstad, with Colton Kaza, with all these guys coming, I think there is a world where I don't know what the cost is, but I think Santander could be got. I will just go ahead and say that. I think there is a world where they look to move a young player in, get away from him being in year six. And if he has a year like he had this past year, if you're, let's say, Cleveland and you trade for him, there's a chance you might net a draft pick in a year. So, Yeah, Santander is not a bad fit because this is one of the things we'll get into later in the offseason. We talk about additions and how the outfield alignment is going to work, because obviously yeah. that's the biggest need in the offseason. Santander works. Yeah. yeah. I think I think Santander works because he's a free agent at the end of 2024, mm-hmm. and unless you are bringing in through a trade somebody who is like a long-term piece, Santander makes the most sense. Although, depending on what you give up to and how, how committed you are to that trade, um, you don't want to block Chase the Water. You don't want to block any of your, yeah. your minor league guys. Like, if you bring in a Santander, that's fine because at the most, he's here for one year and you can move on if you, one of your prospects pushes through. And at the at the best, he gives you a great year and you parlay that into a draft pick next year. Yeah. Like, a, you know, I, I don't know exactly how much more than Quantrell or even if, if, they, if it'd be something that they'd do more than. Than Santander, but Santander for Quantrell, I think, is just interesting for both sides to discuss due to Baltimore's depth. And the other thing with Cleveland, honestly, is Santander's a bad defender. But again, I'm not advocating more Miles Straw in center field, though I have a feeling it's probably going to be more Miles Straw in center field 
but if you have straw and Quan, that also helps make up for the deficits of a terrible right fielder. Um, I'm trying to find a bright side in what I feel like yeah. is going to unfortunately happen. I'm trying to always look on the bright side of life. Um, I don't know that Quantrell moves the needle for Baltimore for that. Like, I, I agree that's a fair price. We got to move on. We got to go here. Yeah. But, like, well, for what we just saw happen in Baltimore, they're pitching in the playoffs. Like, Quantrell's not a difference maker for them in the playoffs. I think they need to find – I think they need Shane Bieber. They don't need yeah. Cal Quantrell. Yeah. Cal Quantrell's fine, but they need Shane – they need a Shane Bieber or – the guy who used to be shamed. And I know one of our, our, our everydayers mentioned this idea before, and I kind of poo-pooed it, but now I'm like, ah, you know, stopgap might work. Uh, we want to thank you all, all of our everydayers. Uh, rate and review, download daily. It helps. We appreciate all of you tuning in. 